You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the In the Dome podcast. All right, we got some news, some news. Some big news. Uyghur signed, Sutter extended, Val Mackey Oof. on waivers. Milano and Eakin suck. <laughs> Expectations, questions, marks going into the season. We'll do a little season preview here today and cover what's happened so far in camp. I honestly have not watched much. I watched a little bit of the Jets game when they lost 5-0. Um, but I don't know. I'm super excited for the season to start, obviously. But preseason is just kind of like the meaningless games uh the players that you're probably never gonna see again and fucking this and that i just don't get so jacked for preseason yeah no me neither i know people who are like super into it i'll watch it casually but i mean i i'm i've watched more daryl sutter um that's what i'm more interested in is like daryl's media availability than the actual gameplay yeah well like, man- yeah. daryl managing this team in camp going into the season is the most interesting part about <laughs> exactly <the game. laughs> exactly because you know you watch the game it's never preseason is such a write-off i don't even remember all i remember last year in preseason is like holy shit we suck we're gonna suck and then they were great all year so i don't yeah. really put much stock into preseason the only reason i think it's fun to watch this year is because there's a couple new guys and i mean for that huberto goal the other Ooh. night was tant or i guess he didn't score but that assist Ooh. the old spin move that was tantalizing that was pretty sweet. Um, but I mean, otherwise, there hasn't been much, has not been much reason to watch because the PTO guys sucked. The guys who were trying to make this team sucked. So not not a lot of uh, excitement in preseason. Well, let's start with, let's start there because I think this is a major disappointment. Fucking Milano. The, a lot of guys, a lot of people had this guy pegged as a shoe win. I mean, oh, I did. You, we did. It's like, Look at his underlyings. You, I mean, based on what age. we've seen, based on based on what we've seen from him when we played Anaheim in the last, I guess, this last year. Maybe I don't know how much further he's been on Anaheim for. Came from Columbus too, right? But get to fucking dick all, dick all. Sweet. I guess he scored what in the first game? No, he scored in the freaking scrimmage. I don't think he scored in the game. Yeah, scored in the scrimmage, then dipped. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna score in the scrimmage, then dip. Coach said, I got to show myself fast. Hey, they asked Daryl. Zero points. He's got to do it in a hurry. He's got to show us something in a hurry. Did you not get the memo? Did you miss it? Because he showed us fucking sweet dick all. Yeah, and I mean, it's hard. I understand it's difficult. And I mean, to be fair, I probably maybe still would have given him a shot if like he was willing to take a league minimum. 
Because, like, what's the downside, really? If he's that bad, you can, like, sh- shoot him to the moon. It's just, it's kind of weird because I remember, like, last year, remember how bad Gerbranson was in preseason last year? Like, yes. so bad. Like, we yeah, were like, he was holy awful. shit. He's so bad. He's like, we were like, this guy can't even play hockey. Even Zadorov. Oh, Zadorov was terrible in preseason. Yeah. And you know what? There's the argument that's like, oh, those guys are vets. They can flip the switch. But, I mean, it's also kind of like, it's freaking hard to like make an impact in that short of time. But I guess that's the nature of the beast. So I feel bad for Milano. Cause it's like, you know, he's, he, I think he's a good player. It's just, he couldn't get anything accomplished at all in what did he play four or five games in the preseason? So bummer. I thought he was going to be a real good addition and good fit. And he just kind of wasn't. So. Yeah. If I'm Milano, cause I think you're onto something, man. It's, the whole preseason, like, it is so weird, right? And sometimes, I mean, if you go out and you're playing pickup hockey, when you're playing with better players, and then you go back to playing with people that don't even know how to play hockey, it's mm. so hard to play against. And the preseason is kind of like that. Everybody is rusty. Like, you don't – it's harder to read shit. It's harder to fucking – it is harder to make an impact, I think, than it would be if you kept it – if you just, like – you know, you're in regular season form. So I get it, but we did see the flip side of things with Oliver Shillington last season. Yeah. Um, guys like Mangiapani have, have done it in the past where they're just like, no, I'm making the team. So. And it's hard, but like when your competition is preseason competition and most teams aren't playing their best roster and you're, you know, fighting for a roster spot with guys like Kevin Rooney yeah. or freaking Ben Jones or like whoever, all these guys, it's like, you really have to like, not that you have to score 15 goals, but it's like, could you maybe get a scoring chance? Yeah. Well, if I'm Milano and I know the situation, I'm on a PTO. I'm trying out for the team. It's a fucking tryout. I'm going to go to the coach and say, Hey, what do you need to see from me? Otherwise, like, how? Do you, well, what are you trying to do? You're trying to probably do too much. Right. And I don't know if I wouldn't be surprised if Daryl had that conversation with him, right? Oh, I'm sure but, he did. Daryl's very good at that and making sure guys know what they're supposed to be doing and how the the clear kind of role and what they need to do. But like there was, yeah, there was nothing. There was nothing. So I don't know. Disappointment, and now we're back to the square one thing, which is, I mean, I think it was Elliot still reporting. The Flames are still looking for another top nine position, obviously, because none of the PTOs looked good. I don't. Do you even want to talk about Egan? Are we shocked? Like, no, I'm so glad. I thought Brad would be tempted to grab another guy like him, but I'm glad he did not because, similarly to Milano, you didn't see anything. I mean, Egan had one game where he won some faceoffs, but that was it. So, glad. Brad resisted the temptation because I know Brad likes those kind of guys. So I'm glad he resisted the temptation. So if he is, is still looking, what are his options now? I mean, you can either go the trade route, which I don't know, cutting it pretty close here, isn't it? Yes. I don't um, know who's making trades at this point of the season. Yeah, exactly. Like the season starts, what, Tuesday, Wednesday? So our season probably, starts on Wednesday. Probably a little unlikely that's going to happen. Yeah, I don't, I don't see that happening. So... I don't know. Kevin Rooney's been skating with Dubé's been with um, Godry and Mondrin. It's like Daryl said, they were like, why, why is Dubé getting looked there? He's like, cause nobody else has shown a damn thing. 
deserve a, sh- a shot there. So you've got Rooney in your top nine now, which I don't think that's ideal. Nope. Um, the fourth line is a black hole if it's Lucic, Lewis, and and Richie. So, Eesh. yeah, I, frick, man, I don't know. Rizicka, maybe he can make an impact. Well, I thought Rizicka looked pretty decent. Yeah, I've been fine with like, him. He is a big boy, man. He is throwing bodies around, making shit happen. He has some turnovers, but yeah, I think I he- mean. We've I think he'd seen... be a nice fit, but I don't know. Yeah. It, it still doesn't probably address the the top six issue. It's like Dubé is in line to have a breakout season. He should. He's looked good. Um, but, I mean, it sure would be nice to have another guy there where you could swap out with him interchangeably if he can't, be getting, if he can't get the job done. So, I don't so, know. His options are what? Trade? Like, is there anybody else who's on a PTO on another team who isn't going to be signed? Like, maybe, like, Zach Aston Reese in Toronto? James I, Yeah. <laughs> James Steele. Can you fucking imagine? I like how James... Did we talk about this? How he's been on the freaking Weiner... He's been doing his little media tour about how Calgary ruined his life or whatever? Yeah, that's funny. We haven't talked about it, no. I mean, they kind of did, to be perfectly honest. But yeah, he well, I don't. He didn't. He didn't straight up say Calgary ruined my life. He said. He said, that's, he said that's, like Calgary ruined fucking, me. Yeah, Calgary ruined. He didn't say ruined my, my career, but it was like, like that was the end of, of me. Yeah, that was the beginning of the end. Yeah. yeah. Although was it though? Because the next season he fucking was leading the league for three weeks. Exactly. Scoring. And then so dipped again. And then, so and then he went back to his usual self, which is well, yeah. Like the options are kind of it's like you could give Matt Phillips a fucking shot. You could, if you just wanted to like throw me, throw me a bone for shit's sake. Matt Phillips is sitting there going like, what do I have to do? Like, is he going to go get freaking like human growth hormone injections into his legs? So he just like grows three feet. He's got to get skate plugs. <laughs> eh? Seriously. Just Bring it up an inch or two. Like, that's what I didn't understand. I just got to go on a quick Matt Phillips rant because I get it. I understand why he's on the team. He didn't show a ton in pre... He didn't, like, blow your socks off in preseason. I get that he's small. I get that, like, every team has their... Every fan base has a guy who's, like, playing in the minors who's, like, that guy should be in the NHL. I remember when when Zarnik was on the team. I fucking loved him. He was, like... I was, like, man, he should be a full-time NHLer, and he's bounced around the AHL and NHL ever since, and he's not a full-time NHLer. But it's just... It blows my mind, you know, that like, okay, if you watch the preseason games, did Brett Ritchie, who had more of an impact on the games? Like Brett Ritchie when he played or Matt Phillips when he played? And I get what you want from a guy like Ritchie in your bottom six. And I'm not just picking on Ritchie individually, but it's like Matt Phillips has so much upside. And frick, I just keep going back to that 2018-2019 fourth line that was so good and fast and scored a lot of goals. And it just, I don't know why they don't give him a shot like for once. Well, and maybe... If if Brad can't fill this hole, maybe maybe we'll finally see some tinkering with these AHL players. Give him a shot. Maybe that's what we'll see. If he can't fill the hole, then what other option do you have? Yeah. Right. So, as soon as there's an injury, then now you're you you have no other choice. I think here's what would make okay. Do we want to put the cap on Brad Living summer? Get Jesse Pugliarvi from the Oilers. <laughs> Because he'd be a perfect fit. Yeah. And just stick it to the Oilers. What's the status with him? I don't know. Like, they've signed him for one year to, like, a $3 million deal. He's an RFA next year. But I don't know. They're, st- they're still over the cap. Obviously, Mike Smith's on LTIR in quotation marks because he's hurt in quotation marks and can't play. That's fucking um, bullshit. Total bullshit. 
So I'm sure they'll figure out some sketchy way around the cap, but I don't know. It's still like you still see stuff about like freaking Puliarvi a little bit. So I don't see the Oilers trading him to Calgary, but no. that'd be sweet. He he'd be a perfect type of player, like a uh, a younger guy who is really sound defensively, who could play with Backlund and Coleman, but could also play with Kadri and Munch. That'd be sweet, and a right hand shot because we have like none of those. Fuck, would have been nice to get Rodriguez there. Eh? Yeah, Rodriguez would have been freaking perfect. But I don't know. They tried this Zahorna guy that picked him up on waivers from Pittsburgh. Again, what are you supposed to do in two games, right? Two preseason games didn't show much, probably couldn't show much, but he doesn't look like he's the answer. He's on waivers again. We'll find out in about 40 minutes uh, if anybody will, is was claimed on waivers. If Valimaki clears. If Valimaki clears, which I don't know. I I see people who are like, I'd be shocked if he clears. And I'd see people who are like, I'd be shocked if he doesn't. I'm kind of like, I don't think he's going to get claimed. But it's weird to me that a team wouldn't just take a flyer on the guy. Well, you're looking at it. And sure, if you're looking at the past, you know, two seasons of of play from Bella Mackey, there's. Yeah, he stinks. There's nothing that we want. You know, there's you wouldn't want to pick him up for one point, whatever five million dollars he's making for sure. Yeah, but if you're a young team and you're rebuilding, if you're Phoenix, why wouldn't you yeah. scoop them, develop them yourself? Because you know what the potential upside is. It's like very low risk for a team in that situation. Waiters that's why are... that's why for me it's a no fucking brainer that I would be shocked. If yeah. he doesn't get claimed. It's so weird, though, because, like, you think about the year in the bubble where Shillington was on waivers, and, like, nobody took him, right? Nobody really takes guys on waivers. It's it's really odd. I don't know if it's... I think most of it is just teams have their own cap issues to deal with, and probably most teams have, like... It's like when Matt Phillips was on waivers last week, it was like everyone's freaking out. It's like he's never... He's been on waivers, like, three times and never been claimed. Every team has their guys who, like are picks who the fan base thinks really highly of that the rest of the league is like, nah, meh. So there's that aspect of it. But then like, there's gotta be some like old boys club GM thing where it's like, Hey, don't take our good guys off waivers. Cause like, yeah, it could be right. Like Shillington had never hadn't proven a ton when he was on waivers more than Valimaki had, I would say. And yeah, not even I was not more, one taker. I was more worried about Shillington yeah. getting taken than I am about Valimaki. At this point, I'm almost like, whatever. So, this this is not working. Let's move on. Oh, yeah. Because he looked like shit, dude. He's freaking praying he gets You want to talk about not making an impact? How about having a negative impact? Yeah, Valimaki looked like shit in the, in the preseason. It's been a rough go for old Yuso. And he could, if he shaved that gross chin beard, he'd probably, he'd probably do a lot better. I'm just saying. But, I mean, if you're Yuso and if you're the Calgary Flames... I think your game plan for this season is, okay, whatever's happens, happened. You yeah. were, you were so close. You, he was, when he came in for that Colorado series, I was just yeah. like, dude, this guy, he was so okay. Good. He's not as good as McCarr, but he's having, an yeah, impact, like he was great. Right? He was, he was he one was of the unreal. best defensemen on the team. Looked outstanding. Got the two injuries, major, major setbacks. Obviously not playing for two. I don't know. Is a lot of it's got to be mental, dude. So, oh, hundred percent. If, if I'm the organization, I'm sitting down with Valimaki as a fucking meat and put some investment in this guy because the potential return on income could be fucking huge. So you just got to sit down, you do a game plan for the season. It's like, dude, our game plan for you this season is to develop in the AHL. Get your game back up to where we it was. Don't try to go further. 
just get it to where it was. You got a two-year setback in your development. We're not going to try and leapfrog. I think maybe that's what his problem is, right? Totally. He's like, he took two steps back, and now he's just trying to be where he was. No, you got to you got to start from where you are. You got to develop back to where you were, and then you can like he's got to realize he lost two years of his of his uh, career, yeah. and he's not getting it back. But you don't want your fucking you don't want that to be the end. Like there's still potential there. There has to be. The guy fucking has shown it. He's not so that bad. I would as and an still what 24, 23. Yeah, I would say look, the game plan for you is we're gonna get you in 10 NHL games, eight to ten this year. That's it. You're you're not you're not gonna be part of the solution this year on the NHL roster, but we still want to develop you. So here's what you need to do in the AHL this season. Yeah. And we're gonna get you some NHL games as well. But you're not trying to make the team. Like like, like stop it. Right? He's got to focus on other shit. Yeah. Because he's not even fucking close. Like he's he's got oh, to Stone's above him. Mackey's above him. Malosh is above him. So. Yeah. But I would still invest in this guy because you never know. We, with what we've seen in the past, I think there's still a ceiling there that could be reached, but he needs some fucking help. The, I'm going to say, I'm going to go out and is, say, yeah. I'm going to go out and say, say he does get claimed. We'll see. Because like, how often do you have such a high prospect? The other thing is the Flames could trade him. The Flames could use him in a trade, possibly. So that's the other thing is like maybe somebody's not going to claim him on waivers because if there's a trade to be made, they want to make the money work. Because, you know, picking up a guy for free is, is one thing. But if you're a team that wants him and you want to add $1.5 million to your payroll and you have to move a bit of money out, a trade maybe makes more sense than uh, just a waiver claim. So we'll see. We'll know in a half hour. Yeah, I guess that's a possibility too, right? If you're going to get, I mean, it's very clear. Brad's all in now. You look at the Uyghur extension, we'll get to it. But I mean, what could you, if you're looking for a mid six player, bonafide. Yeah, bonafide. That's tough. Maybe, maybe you're looking for a 20 goal scorer. Maybe he's on the later stages of a career. Maybe not quite like a Jonathan Taze, but not, you know, somebody that is bonafide on a declining team it's just like you know what we'll do a trade we'll take two prospects and a second round pick or whatever um i it don't seems, know it seems tough at the beginning of the year because few people are going to be giving up guys who are scoring 20 goal scores if they're a contending team like you said maybe a team that is um you know rebuilding or something and has some of those veteran guys it just seems hard to make a move right at the beginning of the season, doesn't it? And it, I, I keep, I'm like, oh, I'll be shocked if Brad pulls off a move. But I mean, knowing what's going on this season, frick, man, <laughs> who knows? But it feels like this is maybe one where it's like the Foley one last year is like, hey, you still need another guy, but he had to wait till the deadline to get it done. Yep. Maybe something like that happens. I mean, you're, you have no shortage of 13th and 14th forward, so the roster could be full. Um, what did, what was the yarn crop deal in Toronto? I think it was like four years, maybe like two mil per year or something. It's weird that yarn crop stunk here, isn't it? It's just weird how that happens. Period. Right? You get a guy who's like good, and they're just they're not good. Yeah. Yarn crop's deal is he got a four year deal, AAV two point one. Yeah. It's not bad, but I, I mean, that'd work now for us. Yeah. But all right, let's get to the Uyghur extension. Uh, 
Pat Steinberg said we could take it to the bank and cash it. We cashed it yesterday. I mean, it was right down to the wire. But he gets it done. We got it, eight got times it done. eight years. <laughs> so if you're looking at this contract eight years, now you have Nazem, Uyghur, and Huberto. How many years did Monge get? Monge only got three. So, but you have you have your new core. Yep. Okay. Like overnight, the <laughs> overnight this offseason, your core has shifted from Monahan, Goudreau, Kachuk, now to fucking Uyghur Hubro, <laughs> Nazem Kadri. Um, but first off, what do you what do you make of the contract in terms of what is the game plan if you're actually living in this organization for like what does this long-term extension say to you first and foremost, and then let me know how you feel about the contract. Well, I mean, the fact that he was able to get both, I think it, I think number one, it's like, Hey, Brad learned from what happened with Goudreau specifically, where it's like, you cannot risk letting these guys get the UFA. Right. Cause like, yeah, it's all fine and dandy because I think that's well-documented that Goudreau, they were talking right. about a yep. deal prior to the season and it just quite didn't get done. And it was clear from the moment that these two guys were acquired that it was like, that is not happening. They're getting signed. They're getting signed. That's it. There's no other option. So the fact he learned from that is a huge plus. But I mean, what does it signal? It signals that frick, man, like like you said, there's a new core. Like it's it's not, it's not, I don't even know if it's like K okay, win now mode because this contract is a really friendly contract. Right. I don't think it's like the Hubert or Kadri one where you're like, man, in a f- three or four years, that could be rough. This is, I think this is just, um, this is more of a team building move than a win now move, I think, more than anything. So I think that's what gets me excited is that this is because I was thinking about what's a good comparable. And Uyghur is, he's 28. I think this is a similar deal. This could be, shape up to be a similar deal to like a Mark Giordano type deal. And Gio was 33, I think, when he signed his extension at like 6.75 million in 2016. 33. And look how well that aged. I think they're similar players. They've taken a similar path. They're both kind of guys who didn't blossom until a little later in their NHL careers. So I don't know. To me, this Uyghur deal is just a perfect team building move that's going to be pay dividends now and later and makes trading Matthew Chuck a lot easier to swallow. As for the contract itself, like I said, I think it's great value. I It's lower than I expected. I was, and even though I'm super high on Uyghur, I was a little worried it was going to be like seven plus mil because those were some of the reports, right? And well, you, <laughs> you, you look at it getting them getting him just over $6 million with the potential cap increase in a couple of years. This is a, this is a slam dunk deal. This is a, this could be a geo type deal, except the guy's going to make less. The guy could be just as good as geo. I don't want to get too ahead of myself because the Norris trophy winner and one of the best defensemen in franchise history, but he could be a similar type guy at just over $6 million for like eight more years. It's, it's a, it is to me one of the best contracts Brad's ever signed. Cool. That's that's yeah. Well, I mean that's big, especially I given mean, right, especially given that we are really 
he kind of held the cards because you could he could have yep. like we've talked about this before he could have under Daryl Sutter on a really good team like said while I'm a year away from being a UFA I am in line to have the best year of my career right not that he's like it's hard to say because he was with Ekblad last year on the best team in the league so maybe that's not repeatable but he did look to be getting a more elevated role here in Calgary he could have waited it out and cashed in huge. Um, but Brad was able to get it done this year, and I think that's absolutely enormous. So, yeah, I think this is this is a slam dunk for everybody involved. Uyghur, um through camp has been kind of that interesting player where he's like, again, um, he's like he's kind of like a sneaky player. Like he's not flashy. No, um, he's not going to stand out with drawing attention to himself like Matthew Kachuk does. He's not going to be throwing bone-crushing hits like Dion Phaneuf where he's a target. He just kind of – he's not even like – from what I've seen so far, not even like a Chris Tanev where he stands out because he's just fucking the hardest-working player on the ice. He just kind of fades into the game while having a really positive impact in both ends of the rink is what yeah. I've seen so far. So he's kind of like a sneaky, a sneaky good player and just kind of similar to how Mangiapane operates, right? Um, a little Mangiapane, when you're scoring 30 plus goals, you start to get noticed. But that's kind of the vibe I've gotten from him so far. He's one of those players where you keep kind of forgetting about because all the attention's on Kadri and Huberto. But again, um, it's going to be interesting watching this season how this whole contract and player fits into this team and how it develops because I think you've said this. This could be actually the you know the biggest win from the trade. Oh, totally. Because I like you know you you know what Huberto is. He's a superstar player who's approaching thirty. But when you throw in a guy who's as underrated as Uyghur and now he's a cost controlled guy, you because to me, the, the biggest thing that the flames didn't do last year that I like, it wasn't as big of a factor as I thought, but not replacing geo. And I think it came home to roost in the second round of the playoffs where it's like, yeah, man, that, that the, like they never replaced what Mark Giordano, they never replaced, they never brought in a number one D man. I think that's where, Brad just absolutely fucking nailed this trade, and I still can't believe it happened. Um, yeah, I think Weir is going to be a guy, maybe maybe more Brody than Geo. I don't know if he skates as well as Brody, but just a guy who, like, maybe if you don't watch the team, you don't understand how valuable and how good he is. It just like its fundamentals are so great. Um, but frick, man, I think I think Weir is going to be a rock on that blue line for a lot of years. Yeah, no shit. I mean, you're you're pointing out that point with picking up the the number one D, like with the trade. But again, it's that, and you finally yeah. have addressed the center depth. So, I mean, look, we haven't seen much in preseason really no. to get you that excited for the regular season. But I mean, they did see that one goal where Huberto does a spin move, drops it back to Lindholm, Lindholm over to Foley. It's nice to see Toffoli, you know, with some finish there. <laughs> Yeah. Again, you're sitting here like, I don't know. I'm sitting here. I'm like, hey, why? Like, there's been nothing really. There's been no juice. Yeah. Right. That's a good way to put it. To the steak where you're just like salivating ready for the season. You're kind of like, 
okay, well, what do we wait? What's what are we gonna see here? I still don't know what to expect. Yeah, but and, and honestly, I'm still a little bit nervous, right? I think up until I saw that Huberto spinorama move, I was yeah. like, hey, like I'm I haven't seen I haven't seen the I haven't seen the razzle freaking dazzle yet. I'm no, not that not that I'm like getting nervous, but it's like you know. I was like, man, I, I have been finding myself being like, I don't know. Like, is this team going to be as good? Like somebody exactly. said the other day, it was like uh, Milano got cut and they said, well, if Toffoli was on a PTO, he'd get cut too. He sucks this preseason, right? Yeah. So I, I think this is a good way to put it. There hasn't been a lot of juice, right? Even that game against Winnipeg where they got their asses kicked and then play Winnipeg again the next game. And they were just like kind of lifeless. I don't know. So, and the fucking power play, my God, has not been addressed. It's bad. It's real bad. Um, but anyways, I I still think they're going to be freaking ready to roll. Daryl will yep. have them ready for Thursday night. Like you know, you know he's going to have them ready. So the other news is Sutter gets a two year extension. <laughs> this is obviously a no fucking brainer. Dude, um, give him a lifetime extension at this rate. Well, well and I think it. It's, it makes a lot of sense mentally. If you're the players on the team and you're the coach for this team, does it not just make sense knowing that there's a three-year commitment now instead yeah. of this could be the last season? Like, cause he's, cause now it's, he was only on contract for this season. Yeah. So it just, it solidifies that um, who your team is, you know, oh, the solidifies the direction of the team as well. Right? Yes, exactly. So I think that was actually a brilliant move to do that before the season started, to be quite honest, because right now you need as much solidification as you can get because there's been so much change. So you need to know that, okay, yeah, yeah, all these moving parts, because there was not only was there a lot of moving parts, but, you know, the level of significance of each moving part has been so huge that there's been a lot of fucking change on this team, on this roster, in the dressing room. So it's nice to know that there's that solidification of like, okay, these guys are here. Like, this is the team. There's no question mark around that, right? I think that's going to bode well just mentally going into the season. Oh, totally. We're not going to spend all season going like, oh, Chuck, Goudreau, Dunn's a coach. Like, fuck, it's going to be so much better, and you're going to be locked in. And, you know, like – it's funny because I think Salim tweeted that um, from TSN was like that Daryl had spoken about a, him and Brad were talking about extension all summer, but Daryl was like, no, get the players done first and then and then we'll take care of me. So I'll just like nice. <laughs> again, just a boss. Eh? Daryl, man, he's such a freaking. And the thing that's exciting to me is like, okay, you, you kind of forget that Daryl really only coached this team for two seasons the first time around, right? Because he he came in midway through the 0203 season, kind of got them back on track, similar to how he did in the awful bubble year. Next year they make the Stanley Cup final. The next year's canceled. Then the next year they win the division and are a really good team, get bounced in the first round. But then he stopped, then he went upstairs like full time upstairs and didn't coach the, like he only coached the team really for two full years. And they went to the Stanley Cup final and won the division. So He's really only coached the team for one year. We won the division, went to the second round. Like, what does the next two years hold is what I'm just so pumped for, right? Like, yeah. And I mean, that's that's the common denominator in all this. That's the common constant, right? Is like, sure, the preseasons kind of look like shit. Like, if you were 
if we if this was last season, yeah, and you had no expectation, you'd be like, holy fuck, we suck. <laughs> like that's like a D ranking. You the last two games, you get fucking punked by freaking Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Ugh. But you know more. You have more information. We know Daryl said, like you just pointed out, this team is not going to suck. So I don't know. Based on what I've seen so far with the player personnel swapping, the level of production we've seen, the level of performance we've seen so far in the preseason, I just feel like based on what you just rattled off, we got Daryl, this is the results he gets. I think we're really poised actually for instead of an up and down, because I mean this this team has been a fucking roller coaster, just an absolute fucking roller coaster. The last oh, four dude, e- ever since Brad's been here, it's really been a roller coaster. Just, well, I mean, even preceding that, but definitely the, in Brad's tenure, it's been great one year, terrible the next year. Great terror. It's been unbelievable. extreme, extreme up and downs, extreme ends of the spectrum. I think what I'm sensing is like this team is going to be much more consistent. Yeah, over an 82 games. Um, it might not be you might I don't think we'll swing to so many extremes. We're just like, wow, we just fucking beat team nine one. Yeah. And then we lost five nothing the next night. It's just like who's gonna show up? I think I think we'll see more consistency. That's kind of what the sense I'm getting from what we've seen so far of this group in the preseason, because there's not so much flash, right? Well, and I think that even on a macro level, because that's what Daryl talks about a lot, right? It's like, hey, how do you become a Stanley Cup contender? It's you you admit you're good every year. You're good year after year. You, you're not going from missing the playoffs to winning the division to barely making the playoffs to winning the division to missing the, right? It's not, it's, it's every year you're actually, you're getting better. You're good. You're good. You're making it. You're in those battles. You're in those playoff rounds because, other than the bubble year, if you really count it, and they needed a playing around to make the playoffs, technically, the Flames haven't made the playoffs in back-to-back seasons since like 07, like 08, 09. So they're probably going to they're going to make the playoffs this year. This will be the first real solid normal year where they make the playoffs in consecutive seasons since like 15 years ago. Yeah. So, you know, consistency across the entire organization. That's what Daryl's brought back to the team right and he was talking about that in his press conference he was like when i you know signed and said the whole thing about having unfinished business it was like it's not just like a short-term thing it's like i'm not just going to come in fix it in one year and then that's that it's like hey this is a long-term thing that's going to take a few years yeah fuck fuck yeah (laughs) so let's get into expectations and projections for for this season we touched on it a bit just now but where do you see this team finishing? I mean, we always follow these these analytic, you know, syndicates. I mean, you got Money Puck and Athletic. You yeah. posted this right now. Money Puck has the Calgary Flames the favorite to win the Stanley Cup. The Calgary Flames right now on using Money Puck's model, which again, like to be clear, these are based on statistics and things like scheduling and possible playoff matchups. And I mean, it was bang on last year. Had Colorado as the favorite to win the cup. Um, The Flames currently the top five for uh, using money pucks model. The Flames 8.3%, Colorado 8%, Florida 7.3%, Toronto 7.3%, Carolina 6%. So those are your top five. So sheesh, man. But the thing is that's weird though is like in – 
huge contrast to last year where I just had so many question marks, right? And you were like, hey, if best case scenario, we can maybe be a Pacific division contender if all things go right. It's like this year, there's just like, and I think it is, I don't know if it's, I'm trying not to get too crazy, and but it doesn't feel unfounded, right? That the confidence is there, that you know the Flames are going to be good this year. And not just like good, you know they're going to be one of the better teams in the league, right? Don't you feel that? Yeah. Like you feel solid as long as I don't know. Markstrom has been up and down in the, in the preseason. He's yeah. stunk in the playoffs, but you got Vladar back there. You just feel like they're going to be good this year, which I think is like the weirdest. I've ne- I haven't felt that since forever. Like every year, it's like I don't know. We'll see. I guess. Um, I think the overall expectation is this team, like Daryl said, just has another solid regular season and makes a bit of a dent in the playoffs. Like, I don't know if there's a benchmark of like, hey, you have to get past the second round. I think for me this year, here's the expectation. If you play the Oilers in the playoffs, you have to beat them. That's my oh, yeah. that's my K benchmark goal because last year the goal was, hey, the Flames want to be a playoff team. Daryl talked about that. That's want to be a playoff team. This year, <laughs> for me, the team can have different. You want to be a playoff team and you have to beat the fucking Oilers in the playoffs if you play them. That's that's it. If you play anyone else, I don't care. Well, I care, but it's like if we play the Oilers, we have to beat them. Yeah, that's the next fucking big hump. I mean, what do you what do you think this season will look like for the Oilers? I think obviously they're going to be a good team. They're going to be top three in the in the division. Um, I guess there's going to be so much riding on what type of performance they they get in, in the in the net. Yeah. They pick up Jack Campbell. I don't necessarily think Jack Campbell is that good of a goalie. Me neither. So um, I'm hoping he's a bust, but I could see him being a bust, especially with that defense. I mean, they did clean up their defensive game a little bit in the last. Under freaking Goofy McGee, the kid from up. But, dude, over 82 games? Yeah. Like, I, who's there? I don't I know. S- I still think like the Oilers are kind of like, they're going to score a lot of goals. Yeah, they're going to be the same as last year. And it's like, okay, maybe Campbell's an improvement over Smith. I, I don't know. Smith is just such a variable. He's either losing your games or winning you games, right? So maybe the variance is like, okay, the Oilers just lost because Mike Smith couldn't make a fucking save from center ice. Or the Oilers won because Mike Smith was out of his mind for some possessed reason. And like, didn't turn the puck over three times. Exactly. I don't think there's going to be as much up and down, but I still think they're going to struggle to keep the puck out of their net. Um, what about injuries? Like, if McDavid goes, to, I mean, did, remember when McDavid got injured and everyone's like, haha, these guys are going to suck now. And then Dry Salad just fucking went off. Yeah. And he like won the Hart Trophy or whatever. Yeah. But like the last two seasons, neither of those guys really got injured. Dry Settle was dealing with injuries. Uh, in the playoffs, even though didn't fucking matter against us. But at some point, one of these guys is going to get injured, don't you think? Well, the way McDavid plays, it's like it's a miracle he doesn't get injured more often. That's true. Unless he's playing against Geo, like Geo does not back down. Just don't play against Toronto, Connor, and you'll be fine. Yeah, but if you're the Oilers, um, I mean, so much of your season, season rides on the health of those two players – be interesting interesting to see if if one does get injured they could miss the playoffs i don't know where i'm at on the others because like i have this and this is just my bias i have this creeping feeling that they're going to be not nearly as good as everyone says they're going to be this year um 
just because that's obviously what I my one of my deepest desires that they miss the playoffs. I mean that the top six looks pretty damn good right now. Like if Kane is is scoring goals the way he, even in in any way he was scoring goals last year, like it's a pretty solid top six of like what Kane, McDavid, Hyman, Leon, Drysaddle, Pulleyarvi, Yamamoto, and I mean that's not even including Nugent Hopkins. So like they're deep as shit down the middle, but frick, man, that defense sucks. Like who is their best nurse? And then Cody CC, like Evan Bouchard is their best defenseman. So I don't know, man. Like I don't know. I don't know if they address any of their issues, this issues they had last year. And you saw Colorado freaking pick them apart. Like I can't talk shit because they whooped our ass. I don't know. It's gonna be weird, but they're they're still gonna make the playoffs, and we're still probably gonna have to go through them to get anywhere. I mean, the other interesting team in the Pacific for me is Vegas because I don't know. I have a sneaking suspicion they're going to rebound if they get any. I don't know how they can't rebound if they have any type of decent goaltending. Who is their goalie, by the way? Well, frick, dude, Leonard's hurt. I think Leonard's out for most of the season. Yeah, so they have Logan Thompson and I think Brassois, their backups hurt too. So they're like, that's the big question mark. But I mean, their team, like their defense, is freaking great. It's that they're Dude, they're the Eichel, biggest wild Eichel is card. Back. But I mean, as if Eichel's not going to be awesome. Eichel right? is back. He's like, back. Come on, like he's yeah. a, still a superstar. Like I, I think people and again, Mar- their two best players are Mark Stone and Jack Eichel, and their defense is like what Martinez, Petrangelo, Shea Theodore, Zach. Like they have a solid team. So yep. if Thompson can like even remotely hold them in it, I think they're going to be, again, it's hard to project because I never saw them sucking so bad last year, but I think they're going to be just fine this year. Well, they were dealing with a lot of injuries, right? Oh yeah. Like they got injured. They're going to be better. I think they, it honestly would not be surprised me if they actually finished first. In the I would not be surprised one bit, but I think that's a team that is not getting, enough attention in terms of what they might do this season. Cause I think they're going to rebound, but so yeah, that's probably, I don't know. And then you got LA in there. Do you think LA can repeat what they did? They kind of, I mean, had, like, they're pretty good though. Like they had some good off season acquisitions. I mean, I was high on them last year just cause I kind of liked some of their guys. Um, they added Kevin Fiala who's really good this year. Like I like last year they added to know who I love. So I think they'll be, I think they'll be in the mix. To me, the wild card in the Pacific Division is I don't even think you can call Vegas walk. I, I would be blown away unless Logan Thompson cannot play net at all if Vegas is as bad as they were last year. To me, Vancouver's the like, okay, what is what is Vancouver? Because I have no clue what Vancouver is because they have some really good players, similar to the Oilers, really good forwards, shitty D, but they got a hell of a goalie. So I don't know. I think Vancouver could maybe be a team to talk about here. Because they got Frick, man. There's no way Pedersen's not bouncing back. There's no way Brock Bester's not bouncing back. They've got JT Miller, Connor Garland. Like, they're deep as shit down the middle as well. And Thatcher Jemko's one of the best goalies in the league. So, Frick, man. I don't know. Vancouver could be... Vancouver could be a sneaky team this year. Yeah. You saw so, how good they were under Boudreaux, too. Yeah. It's true. They got a lot of fucking skill. And those young guys... Pod Colson and the oh, other yeah. guy. Oh, yeah, Hoglander. Hoglander, they're going to be even better. Like, yeah, they're going to score a lot of goals, too. So so who do they have on? Do they got Hughes? They got Hughes. They still got those two terrible contracts, Oliver Eck Larson, Larson and My- Tyler Myers. But it's rough. Luke Shannon's yeah. still on that team. 
Tucker Poolman. I don't even know who that is. He might have played for us at one point, I think. But Travis Dermott, not great. No, but yeah, they're going to be lethal up front. So if I had to like guess right now, and I'm not doing predictions anymore because it's so hard to tell. If I had to guess, I would say Flames, Flame in the Pacific Division, Flames one, Vegas two, Oilers three. Maybe Vancouver four if they I don't know it's freaking hard to tell but I think LA and Vancouver are probably battling it out for like a, a wild card spot or something. I'll go uh, just for fun Vegas one Calgary two Vancouver three Ooh. Oilers four. There's gonna be please God. There's gonna be some sort of mayhem. There's there. always it's right there's again you can never project it. There's always like one team well, they, way better than is, you think or way worse. The thing is they're so cocky right now. Yeah, exactly. And this is the oh, always dude, totally. The, this is always the problem with them, and they always think they're better than they are. Yeah, and that always comes back to bite you. Like we don't think we're better than we are in Calgary, do we? We're being very realistic. No, we're like saying, hey, for the first time ever, we might be confident that we're actually going to be good this year. We're like cautiously optimistic. The first, you talk to a Oilers fan, you think they won the cup last year. Yeah. It's like, did you not watch where you got absolutely destroyed by the Avalanche? You missed that part. Like the only reason you beat us is Markstrom couldn't stop a beach ball and Matthew Kachuk disappeared for four games. And Tanev was almost half dead. So the what's the saying about how the high and mighty fall or whatever? Something like that. Yeah. So uh, I I'm just sitting over here just like dying for a collapse from the Oilers. Well, they're fucking they're due anyways, aren't they? You'd think so, but freaking McNeckbeard is so good. True. Now we touched on money puck favorites. Did you touch on the athletic? Because they had us ranked no second. So, yeah, the athletic dude. This got me pumped up. So Dom's model over the athletic has the flames projected as the second best team in the NHL behind only the Toronto Maple Leafs. So like I it, it's still mind blowing to me because remember where you were when it was what we were thinking the lines were gonna be? It was like, hey, we're gonna have Lindholm and Coleman. And Manjapani is our first line. Then your second line is Backland. And, um, oh, God, I guess Dubay. Holy shit, it was bad news. So this is pretty unbelievable. But like he's, like we were talking about, like when you have Daryl as your coach and you have that defense and you finally address the center ice position, the Flames are one of the most well-rounded teams in the league right now, it looks like, heading into the season. It's going to be a little different because last year it was so much the top line carried the team and really carried the success of the team. This year it's kind of like, okay, there's no real elite top line probably, but you have a much stronger supporting cast down the middle, and your defense is finally back to being, I think, elite, like it was back in the day when it was like, hey, Geo. Hamilton Brody type top three. So yeah, man, well, I, yeah, I think, I think the fact that D is so good and they have such, they're finally way stronger down the middle. Um, I don't think it's surprising that some of these models project the flame so highly. I mean, Kent did say we had a unicorn season last, last yeah. year with no injuries. We got a, we just got to hope for the best because the only thing I think it could derail this just like in Edmonton, if if there are injuries that I mean, you saw it in Vegas last year, so yeah. injuries it can, can it can fuck your season totally. 
Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again, and thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you are in for a great season. New customers can bet just 5 bucks on any team and get 200 bucks in free bets if they win. You can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. You can combine multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win in their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That code is THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Um, you mentioned we don't have an elite top line, but we were talking about this. At some point, you got to think we're going to see maybe. I mean, it's 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 going to be tough to want to split up that center depth, but imagine a line of Caudry centering Lindholm and, and yeah. Huberto, and maybe that's, you know, you see it in, in Edmonton. They've been doing it for fucking the last five years where you just have the cheat mode, the yeah. cheat code fucking line, which is like, okay, we're down three goals, whatever. Connor and dry. So you're playing together for the rest of the game. Maybe you do see every once in a while. I don't know if Daryl pulled it out because it's not really his style, but there could be an elite line there. Oh yeah. Totally. Audrey, Lindholm and Huberto, even fucking let's say Huberto. Well, if you put Manji Apani on the top line, I don't know. I mean, there's we we got some some pretty good talent up front too. Yeah, and I think just wondering how it all fits together because I remember being so freaked out at the beginning of last year, like wondering, like, because remember we were talking about what do you do with Monahan? I was like, hey, who's going to score goals on this team? Like, there's nobody scoring goals. If Monahan's traded, who's going to score? It's like, yeah, Lindholm scored forty, Gaudreau scored forty, Kachuk scored forty. Manji almost scored 40. So I don't think you're going to see like freaking, like you said earlier, we're not going to be beating teams nine one every night. I don't think like you remember that stretch of games. I think there's a seven game winning streak this year, last year where it was like they beat St. Louis seven, one yep. mini, like seven, nothing beat Florida seven, nothing. It was just freaking insane. I don't yep. think we're going to see that necessarily again this year, because like, even if Gaudreau and Chuck still were on the team, I don't think you're going to see that continue yeah. um but like you said there's probably gonna be you know it, i don't think it's gonna be that much different just because daryl's the coach man like there weren't there was like how many games last year was the team terrible like five or six the whole year until the playoffs no other series but they were just so solid every single night and that's that's like all coaching and all systems so yeah. um like you said we haven't seen that juice in the preseason yet i think that's probably still the main question, though, even though we kind of know that there's going to be a bit of a drop in scoring, is like, hey, how much can can Huberto and Caudry bridge the gap? Because we're probably all, you know, overestimating the loss of eighty plus goals in Gaudreau and Kachuk. So, yeah, can Huberto and Caudry bridge the gap left behind? I, we think they will, but we still remains to be seen. We talked about expectations. What are the other question marks? I mean, obviously, to finish the season, Markstrom had yeah. you fucking really worried about. But at the same time, not. Because I think after it was all said and done, I think one of the first things I said was, I think it's a one-off. I think he'll rebound. Yeah. Well, dude, like what happened? Like he was awesome during the season all year. Awesome was, in the Dallas series. He was fucking amazing in the Dallas series. He gets so overlooked because Andre was so good. It was like Markstrom was better. I don't know if he's better, but he was just as good. He was 
fantastic in that series. Made some saves in every game that saved the game for them, especially in game seven. And then he just kind of struggled super hard in five games. So I do agree with you. I think that's a one-off. I'm not worried about Markstrom at all. I think the one maybe adjustment the Flames could make this year is like now the Vladar is looking gangbusters. Daryl knows what he has in Vladar and can trust him a little more, get him into more games, give yep. Markstrom just a little bit of rest. Um, but I mean, even last year, it was like he didn't really need the rest because he it wasn't showing up in his game, maybe until the Edmonton series, right? Because everyone was like, oh, rest him, rest him. Like, He's playing phenomenal. Why rest him as much? So I do think that is something maybe you'll see. Hopefully you'll see Daryl do because Vladar has been Vladar has been the best player in preseason by a freaking huge margin. So I don't know. I know when people are worried about Markstrom, I'm not super worried about it. Like I said, like the guy, have you seen that guy? He's a freaking animal. He's literally probably been sitting in Sweden in like a freaking anabolic chamber, just like taking in nutrients and like in a freaking anime villain. And he's just like, Coming out, going to have a revenge season just based on those five games at Edmonton. Guy's a monster. Yeah. He's probably clockwork orange himself. Fucking totally taped, taped his eyelids open watching the Edmonton David, highlights. Exactly. Just punishing himself to fucking. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess another question is like, even though we say Uyghur is the number one defenseman, is he that guy? I think he is. But, um, you know, we'll see. It's, well, it's, he's. Even if he's a one B, yeah. I mean, I think another question mark, Tanev's health. Yeah, that's always a question mark. Yeah, that came to bite us in the playoffs, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, okay, here we go. Val Mackey does indeed get claimed. I was right. Holy shit! Arizona, fucking Arizona. And did I call that or what? Double called it. Fuck, dude, how stoked is Uso right now, dude? That kind of pisses me off. Oh man, um, Kent Wilson called it as well. But how do you feel about this? Um, jeez, I don't like it. I'm not again. Super... This is the guy you axed yeah. the Mark Mark Stone trade for. I guess that's why I hate it. But at the same time, what other choice do you have? You can't keep him on your roster, and it's just oh man. It's not my favorite to lose a guy you've put how many years of development into. Uh, yeah, it's not my favorite. Fuck. Yeah, it kind of sucks. But I mean, in the- we're, we already spent time on it today. At this point, at this stage of the game, if he's still in your organization, it's kind of a long shot at this point. Well, I was so- going to say, it doesn't impact the team right now in the immediate future. No, but and it, again, you're thinking asset management. Yeah, wouldn't you have liked to got something? It was like a ninth Anything. overall, seventeenth and twenty seventeen, I think, maybe sixteenth, seventeenth overall, first so round, first pick. overall pick. Our our most highly ranked prospect for a long time. Damn. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, but if you're like I said, if you're Arizona, why the fuck wouldn't exactly zero zero risk? All fucking upside for potential. Damn. Yeah, that blows. Dude, he's stoked. I think he's not stoked moving to freaking Scottsdale. I mean, I'm happy for him. But oh, me too. At the same time, what kind of development are you going to get in Arizona, man? <laughs> yeah, we're going to be, shit. well, he's going to play a lot, probably. It's a shit organization, dude. He's going to play a lot. 
I don't know. That sucks. I know who's going to be really mad. I'll tell you who's going to be really pissed is Mike Gould, who has a blasty freaking Valamaki jersey. Oh, yeah. He's he's kicking. He's kicking something. He's pissed right now. Oh, no, but he's a Coyotes fan. Fuck. He'll probably be happy. But, dude, this I don't know. I feel kind of gross right now. This sucks. I guess after losing Johnny and Chucky, we've been through much, yeah, much, much worse. Geo and everybody, but it does suck. It, does it suck. sucks because it's a guy who, again, like how this is kind of becoming a recurring theme with the Flames, right? And it's like, hey, one of these things seems to be true right now. Either the Flames suck at drafting, right, because they have guys who we draft and they they can't make it. Because, like, I think we were talking about this last time. Like, the Flames haven't had an NHL regular play on their team who's been drafted by the team since like the 2016 class with Chuck and, and Shillington, or it was at the Dubé year, right? Like since 2017, 2017 draft, Yuso and Rosicka have played a few games and then nobody's played in 2018, 19, 20, 20, like nobody's been, nobody they're drafting is playing. So either they're not very good at drafting or they're not very good at developing. And I mean, like, who is this? this is the third guy, three guys, high profile first round picks you can think of who have kind of left the team because they haven't been able to make much of themselves. That's uh, Sven Berchi, Sam Bennett, Yusuf Valimaki. It's kind yeah. of a recurring theme. Well, it is kind of an NHL thing too, but probably, but, but fuck. Yeah. It's kind of, it's not a great, but you know, at like the you same said, time, managing your assets, it's kind yeah. of like, meh, like you could have traded this guy. But at the same time, I'm kind of getting, you know, by the end of Sean at Monaghan, you're just like, get rid of this fucking guy, please. <laughs> I'm sick of it. And, you know, yeah, you look at good. what you so like, that was his last shot, man. He sucked in preseason. Well, I mean, even the fact he was so poor. I mean, varying people you'll talk to about his time in the AHL last year, but he was playing like not top pairing minutes and wasn't super great. So, so he's head to the worst team in the league. Okay, well, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll, I'm happy for him. Fresh start. Yeah, he'll he's probably super hope, relieved. Do I wish him success? I hope he has a decent career. I don't want him to see him rebound. I don't want to see him being like fantastic by any means. No, because that would really suck. But yeah, it's kind of a bummer because like there's another first round draft pick out the door. All right, any other question marks for this team? We touched on goals. That's going to be a question where can we score the same amount of goals? We'll see how it's going to spread out through the lineup. Yeah, and I mean, further to our discussion of the top nine, and like what could they do? That's still a question mark, right? You have Dubé and Rooney kind of penciled in there right now. I don't think that's going to be good enough no. um, if you want to really be a contender. So that's a question mark, how you're going to address that. Yeah, big time. The fourth line, question mark? <laughs> I don't think it's a question mark for the team. <laughs> it's definitely but, a question mark for us. Yeah. Um, the old bad on purpose fourth line. Um, and then we'll I see, think, I mean, yeah. Lucic, he that was his most effective season as a flame, no hands down. I mean, especially for the first two thirds, like those, all those five hole goals he was scoring, he was on a 20 goal pace there for a bit. But, um, you know, Trevor Lewis, you know what you're getting with him, fucking Brett Ritchie. We'll see what, what he can do. I mean, I guess that line could be effective. But they could also be a really big liability. Well, it's kind of like last year is like, I don't know. Lewis to me is an exception because I know 
right? Like he's a guy who you saw in the playoffs while he's on the team, right? Yep. Like he scored. He some, was incredible. He scored. A, he was fantastic in the playoffs. So to me, that's like a bit of a, that's a one-off because he's a guy Daryl knows. He's a guy who won with him in LA and he's a guy like, okay, I've seen him. I've seen why he's on the proof of concept of why he's on the team in the playoffs because he had some unbelievable, he, he scored a, he scored like two goals in the playoffs and he, a huge goal. I know in the Dallas series, he yep. had some empty fantastic penalty kills. One of the like, best empty net goals we've ever seen. That's right. Like just worked his balls off and had to get that in the net and got it in the net. He had a, uh, he had some incredible penalty kills in the Dallas series. So I get why Trevor Lewis is on the team. You know, that's the one guy I can kind of omit from like, yeah, he, he doesn't have a great on ice impact. Probably doesn't help you much in the regular season, but in the playoff, like, yeah, I've seen him help the team. So, and I mean, similar to Lucic, maybe too. Yeah. Well, on Lucic can beat the fuck out of most yeah. guys or ranked all most guys. But... Lucic, so he gets a pass for that, but it's just like, okay, if you have like two or three more guys who are just like, bad on the ice and i don't even know if that's true of brett ritchie because i think some of his underlying numbers are pretty good but he doesn't bring much to the team that you don't already have so i don't know we'll see i mean kevin nice. rooney kevin rooney's looked okay in training camp but it's kind of like remember last year with pitlick it was like it, somebody said this to me is like this happens every year it's like we sign a fourth line guy we're like fuck why did we sign him he sucks we watched a few games we're like oh this guy's actually really good and then it's like three weeks into the season you're like this guy sucks. He brings nothing to the team. It's like, remember Tyler Pitlick? It was like, what was it? Who was the guy from the play with Crosby? What was his name? Oh, Dom Simon. Oh, fuck. <laughs> right? Because that's what it's like. It's like, this guy's actually really good. We're like, okay, yeah, right. And you watch a few games in the preseason early. You say, like, yeah, yeah, he's pretty good. Maybe he could be something. You're like, you convince yourself into it. And it's like, two weeks into the season, it's like, why is Tyler Pitlick on this team? Why isn't it playing a top lane? Why Lord. is Dom Simone on this team, right? So it kind of always happens. Yeah, fourth lane. What about the D? Is there any question mark for you there? I mean, until Shillington gets back from this, whatever's going on, I mean, that, that's still six, not back. He's not back. It sounds like it might be a little while here. I don't know what's going on, but um, yeah, that might be a bit of a question mark. Well, you got fucking Mr. Blast it back there. Michael Stone, <laughs> he can fucking bridge that gap till he's back. So I don't know if it's going to be Milos or uh, not Valimaki, which is like, dude, you had, and that's the other thing about Valimaki too. And I mean, we kind of touched on this with Milano. It is tough, but it's like Shillington being away from the team opened up a spot for Valimaki that he could have freaking seized and he didn't seize, didn't seize it. Didn't see shit. So that's kind of a, I, I think I've heard the flames. Obviously I've heard that's why he's on waivers. The flames weren't particularly happy with his performance in camp. So um, I don't know. It's not a huge, when you're, when your biggest question marks are the fourth line and your six, seven D, I think you're in pretty good shape. Yeah. The nice thing about the whole Lucic situation is this is the last season. Yes, And it's funny. Like you're, you're projected to win the Stanley Cup based on money puck and going into the season. Athletic has you ranked number two. You're analytically speaking, you're fucking solid. You got Lucic on the fourth line making how much money, <laughs> right? Awesome. So that's going to be nice at the end of the year when you're already a solid team. You're going to have more money to spend going into Well, the yeah, and I think maybe to me, like, another reason – the, the fact that, you know, you have Daryl signed, you have your new core locked up. 
this to me isn't a season like last year where like last year was a make or break season, right? And I was like, frick, man, we better see something this year. So there's so many question marks next offseason. Um, this feels like the beginning of a two, three, four-year process yeah. rather than like, hey, we need to see this shit happen in a hurry because our our best players are up, our, our coaches yeah. up, our GMs up. Like, let's see some shit. This feels like, yeah, I can buy in. I'm bought this in. Is, I'm ready yeah. to go for the next few years here. This is basically like, okay, we're actually in a window now. Yeah, because like even in previous years, I think before this year, spanning the back, window was closing totally, and spanning back to I think the year after they won the Western Conference and then did dick all like you know what even like in the Gulls years, it just felt like every year there were some question marks. Like, okay, is it time to trade Monahan? Is it time to trade Joe? Is it time to fire another fucking coach? It was like there was no stability year yeah. to year, let alone like two or three years at all. And it finally feels like there's some organizational stability for once. Yeah. Going to last season, you're like the window is closing. What the fuck's it going to do? Yeah. And now a new, completely new window has been created. Totally. All right. Do you want to touch on the old, old guys? Used to be me, Sean Monaghan. I haven't been, uh, <laughs> since the, him eating the burnt toast, I haven't really followed too much of what's going on in Montreal. But obviously, you know, Kachuk, we had you had him on on there doing the doing all the, the shit. First Florida. pitch. Yeah, the first pitch. But there is some new Johnny stuff. Yeah. Uh, Johnny's finally had to come out of the woodwork, eh? Yeah, he's finally out there. I mean, there's some someone in on in cat was it global news roasting him, something like that. That well, was funny. Freaking around, eh? Michael Buble was at the dome the other night, I guess, and he was roasting Johnny. <laughs> what do you say? Um he was like just making fun of him. He was like, Oh, I don't want to play, I don't want to win the Stanley Cup. I don't want to play in a Canadian market. It's too hard. Holy shit. Eh? Well, the guy on, on global news or whatever is yeah. like, Well, and we'll see you tomorrow, unless I get paid less money to move to Ohio. <laughs> well, and then they were showing like Johnny was being interviewed by a Columbus guy like having a little feature interview and they were like asking him, they're like, have you seen all the like shit you're getting from flames fans and people in Calgary? Yeah. This was what I was talking about. Yeah. yeah and they, and they, they show the, the news yeah. anchor making fun of them. They talked to him about Michael Bublé, who Johnny thinks name is Michael Bubbly. And Johnny's like, Oh man. Yeah. Oh, I just can't get away from it. Oh, geez. Hey, eh? it's like, Johnny, you have no fucking clue, dude. There's going to follow you the rest of your life, man. Oh yeah. No, you, you cannot escape. It's like, it's like when Francis showed up in his, Columbus yeah. Blue Jackets Hi, Johnny. introductory <laughs> press conference is just like you can't escape, bro. You thought you could go to Ohio and escape. You can't. No. You can escape temporarily, but it will he follow never, you. Around. He, yeah, he thinks this is going away, and I don't think it will ever go away. Yeah. Um yeah, I haven't watched much. I watched a little bit of a Blue Jackets like scrimmage or something. Him and Line actually look pretty sweet together, but oh they're gonna be good. Yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be pretty good. Have you, have, have you seen where Chucky's? I haven't. Projected? I think he's been playing with Bennett on the second line, but I haven't looked in a while. Um, don't know what old Monahan's up to at all. See, did he make the team or? Yeah. <laughs> Used to be me. I haven't seen him on waivers, so I assume he's made the team. All right, it'll be fun to see what those guys do this season, regardless. All right, man. Any closing thoughts? Uh, no. I the Wranglers. Okay, two. Just oh like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Got, number one, game. the Flames freaking dropped a teaser that they were gonna bring Scorch the mascot back. Yeah. Um, 
and got everybody who's like oddly obsessed with Scorch because he's just so fucking hilarious. But apparently they deleted the tweet because apparently they were going to drop a Scorch NFT and it wasn't actually Scorch coming back. So that's been scratched. So uh, a bit of a f- screw up by the Flames marketing team. But then, yeah, the Wranglers jerseys look sweet, man. Yeah, they do. I'm so glad they didn't go with any black shit and like try to make it like freaking black and shit. Looks awesome. The Wranglers thing is cool, man. I think that was a good idea bring up bringing them to Calgary. Dude, it's you know what? Like we're, I'm we're going to the first game next Sunday, I think. Tickets are cheap. It's going to be awesome, I think. It's be I I I don't think I really realized how awesome it's going to be, you know? Go see Phillips and Wolf and like how good did Zary look in camp? He was one of the better. Like he he looked pretty good. So, it's going to be sweet to go be able to watch those guys whatever you want for like nothing. Yeah, no shit. We got uh, Bedard's coming to to play oh, Kelowna man. here in November. I'll be going to that. Fuck yeah, be sick too. You just yeah. okay, man. Well, we're gonna get uh, we're we're right around the corner here, folks. Four days till game one. We'll be back to like a well-oiled machine. Yeah, roller coaster of emotions. Honestly, I don't get too excited about preseason because it's so fucking such a write-off. Um, and it is kind of meaningless to be honest. Yeah, dude, like, standings, but I can't wait for like Kadri, like to, to watch Kadri in a regular. I can't wait. I think he's the guy most excited to watch next on next Thursday is, is Nazem Kadri flipped the switch to like regular season mode, especially against his former team in the first game. So he's somebody I'll be looking forward to seeing him play the first few games for sure. Okay, let's end it on this. Who is going to score the first goal of the season for the Flames? Michael Stone. <laughs> no, I don't know if he'll be in the lineup. I'll go. Obviously, I got to go with my boy Manji. No, you know what? Yeah, I'll go Manji because I know who you're going to go with. So I'll go Manji. You know who I'm going with? I'm going to go. Oh, dude, it's going to be fucking Elias Lindholm, man. That's what I was going to say. This is, is always not? Lindholm. You're always like, who's going to score the first goal? Always you're Lindholm. always like, oh, it's going to be Kachuk. It's going to be Kidro. It's going to be this. It's like, it's always. Freaking Lindholm, always. Yeah, it's always Lindholm. Lindholm or Kadri. Cushion, cushion is a pillow with feathers. Right? You know, for everyone that thought I was a liability in the playoffs, you can kiss my ass. 